I do that on a regular basis. Yeah, you do, because I don't read your crap. <laughs> Actually, I did read this day. Welcome to the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you live from my deck with Lisa Murphy and Anita Dinger. Today's episode. Today's episode is um Today's episode is uh I've got uh I've got no idea. This is kind of a surprise. Lisa's got a surprise for... I get to for, be the boss of this one. Lisa's got a surprise for me and Danita. So what, what's this episode about? Well, a little bit of a backstory. Forgive me, but it, it's, it's like important. A, like a good story. Like a good story. I did what my Kinder Chat, hashtag Kinder Chat friends, invited me to be a part of the, one of their campfire chats um, earlier this summer. And one of the things that came up... Is there a real fire? Um, on if you are watching live, yes, there's like a a, a screen of a fire. Oh, good. Yes. Oh, that's okay. very yeah, cool. It's very cool. And and I went to do more with them, and that's a story for another day. So we're bantering, and it was a conversation. It's a lot like what we did. There were people coming in, like typing live questions. It's actually quite an, a great format that I'd like to explore with the three of us. That's neither here nor there right now. One of the things that came up, and I kid you not, it has been in my head for the last six, seven weeks, is as early childhood people, are we actually defending and advocating for play or are we really an advocate for choice? And when children are given the opportunity to make honest, organic, true, real choices, what ends up happening is what we have started to call play. I have not been able to get this out of my head since it came up at the campfire chat. And to the extent to where I dropped, I plopped it in another podcast recording I did just last week with the, the Nanny Palooza people, and she wanted to go there too. Are we, is it potentially that we are more fiercely advocate of choice making, fiercely advocates, is that the right word? Fierce advocates. Fierce advocates of choice, but we never really stop to think about that it's actually choice that we're wanting to protect and then what comes out of children having that choice is play. Go. Wow. That's, mm. Isn't that's, that fantastic? Yeah. Seriously, I've not been able to get over that. In uh, Choice in, making. In my Babies in the Rain book, which is just about, it, it's literally about the choices we as parents and caregivers make for infants and toddlers. I get into that a lot. And I, I, I think we are, we are, as a society and as a profession in early learning, generally not making good choices and I think we need to make better choices and like you say I think when we allow kids to choose we do end up in place so I'm I'm right there with you um but I don't think everybody in this field is choosing everybody I don't think everybody in this field wants choice I think if we we allow caregivers too much choice that takes uh, well it's hard to control people when they have choice Mm. And I think in this profession, there are a lot of organizations and agencies that are that are more concerned with controlling caregivers than empowering them to be good choice makers. And so would you then say that that then trickles down to the provider's need and desire to attempt to control the children? Because if I'm feeling controlled, then by golly, I'm going... Yeah, controlled. if you're if you're oh, being controlled oh, by yeah. others, then you want to control people because that's the that's the uh, 
that's the uh, model, that's, that's the paradigm you're living in, and so that's who you become, I think. So how much free choice is actually being offered in programs for the children, do you think? Free choice literally as in... So free choice totally come and do as you please, opposed to I've set up these five stations for you to choose from, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing the difference in that. And um, I literally, I, I have grown to become a lover of observing. I... And when my parents drop off during those times, I'll tell them, just watch with me, watch with me. Do you have a second? Can you just watch with me? Watch what's going on. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm like, I know you probably don't get as excited about this as I do. You know, but I go, just look, look. Do you see what is going on? And those are the times when there is totally the beginning that there's all their complete. It's so interesting to me how each one chooses what they want to do um, and how peaceful it is when they have that opportunity. Um, one of my parents was worried that her daughter was an outcast. Ooh, and whoa, she said, what does I'm, that mean? That, that she was always just playing by herself. She said, because like when we go to playgrounds and stuff, she goes, she's, she's, she's content to be by herself. She doesn't go in and make, and I said, oh, I said, that is powerful for a child to be content to play by themselves and not feel the need to follow. I said, just watch, watch how this evolves. So they had just gotten there. So right away, she's just looking around. So her daughter's looking around, trying to choose where she's gonna go. There are 10 children in my program. At this time, there was eight there. Um, she was number eight to get there. And so she's looking around at the different choices. One child came up and said, do you wanna play racetracks with me? No, I don't think so. And I looked oh, at the is. mom and I said, see, I go, there's an invite, but she is strong enough to no, she does not want to do that. She doesn't want to follow that child. She wants to play whatever she'd like to do. And then it was interesting because the child that was doing the racetracks within five minutes was now playing with fairies and had this old scenario going on, had oh, built a block tower with them. The racetrack was still going over there, which that was a stumble block for me to overcome the pick up when you're done playing oh. with something and move on. And I've let that go now. Now the place looks like a tornado by the end of, 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 a, of, a, of a time it'll, like it'll this. It'll all go back, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, but it, it was hard for me to overcome that and realize that it's going to get all put back together again. They can't. They don't know that they're done. They don't know. A child doesn't know that they're done. Um, but anyway, this parent stayed for about 20 minutes. It was awesome conversation between the two of us. And she had the biggest grin on her face. She's like, thank you. She said, I feel so much better now because her daughter went from playing by herself to other ones coming to play what she was playing, which is empowering to that child because other girls liked what she was doing and wanted to join her. And then she stopped playing that, changed her mind, went and played something. You know, I said, it just is this ev play just is this evolution. evolution. So it just, is it choice making, though? And that was all choice making the choice during this. You know what I'm saying? It was completely, there, there wasn't a single adult word spoken at all. It was I all child-led pure choice their choice and I had never ever reframed it I'd never had the opportunity to view it through that different yeah. lens good lord I've well, said lens three times today already and I think a problem we have is that there are not just in this profession but adults period who are not comfortable with making choices and I think part of it is because they grew up in a early Someone childhood made system for them. where somebody was constantly making the choices for them when we were kids and I've talked about this before when we're kids we go outside and we play with the whole neighborhood and it's very dynamic and we're we're owning it and uh, we're making our own choices and making our own rules and deciding who's going to play with who and all this stuff is going on now 
instead of free, open, dynamic kind of play, we've got kids that are being being chauffeured to their ball games where adults are setting the rules and adults And are, they probably don't have a choice in that Yeah, matter. and, and, and they, they don't own it the way we used to. No, no, it starts at three. Three years old. Sioux Falls has three-year-old soccer. Mm. Three-year-old soccer where they're already going and listening to a coach telling them... It, it, yeah. yeah, don't even. That's a whole other topic. That just that bothers me greatly. And so we've created this. We've created this early learning environment that that takes choice away from children, and those children are turning into adults who are having a hard time making choices. Now, choices can be can be scary because sometimes the sure. right choice is hard, and and sometimes the right the choice bad choice is sometimes is easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. more fun sometimes. Well, too. and our our high school, choice. and I've talked about this in previous episodes. Is our high school is totally? I'm so excited, and I wish I could remember the name of it. Modular scheduling, I believe, is what it's called. Totally revamping, like not even recognizable to those of us who went to like a traditional high school. And they're starting with the incoming freshman class this year, which is my daughter's class. And at the meeting where the principal is explaining it, I was all I could do to just stand up and cheer because Why? he was saying how. Um, the num the the percentage of students who fall when they go off to college is not acceptable. He goes in there. We are the ones failing them. He said we're failing them because we don't let them make choices. We tell them how they need to learn, when they need to learn. Um, we tell them we don't give them time to fail. We don't give them time to problem solve because we don't have the time. We have to have them succeed on tests because otherwise it reflects badly on us. Blah blah blah. Every this principal is amazed. I'm so extremely excited. But he was like, we have failed our children because we have not given them choices. We have not given them the freedom to make their own choices to solve their own problems. Um, everything, everything, and it's showing up at that high school level. And then kids go out into the real world and they're like, ah, they don't have those lifelong skills. Well, that all. circles back into mm-hmm. so many yeah. of the things we've talked about. And oh. it starts at that early childhood where already we're taking away those choices from children. I had one, one gal. Um, like swooping in to pick them up to change their diaper without even making eye contact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, what? Huh? Huh? I wish I'd, I'd freak me out if somebody did that to me. <laughs> Swooped you up from behind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's go my, change your diaper. Change my diaper. <laughs> See, I, I'm I'm really into the podcasting. I don't want to waste time going. So I'm wearing a Depends right now, and I'm just hoping sometime today Tasha comes along Tasha's and changes me. Up. I, uh, I changes am, me after eight or ten episodes. Physical therapy for an injury I have, and yesterday the gal had me put these shorts on that were Velcro on the side. Oh, I have a picture. I will post it. I will post it. These are the ugliest shorts ever. And trust me, there's no brown chicken, brown cow going on at all. And so I'm laying down on my back and she unvelcros from the waist and I go, I still feel like you're changing my diaper. Talk slowly. (laughs) And the gal just busted. She goes, I needed that so bad today. Thanks. I go, you're kidding me. I said, nobody has ever said that to you. Oh my God. Totally feel like you're going to change. This is awkward. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Awkward. And then I'd be naked. Well, first of all, no, because first of all, she said, okay, go ahead and put these shorts on. And I said, um, uh, okay. Well, Denise, um, I don't have any underwear on. Is that going to be? And she goes, well, actually, that's fine, because I would have told you to take those off anyway. I'm like, oh, that's where we're going. And she's, like, laughing. So. Not safe for work. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah turn this did one you, off. Did you feel you had a choice in the matter? I had no choice, because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get this fixed, and A-STEM works. So, yeah. No, I let her dig into me. All right. <laughs> okay, so so how do we first, how do we go about intentionally creating or reshaping our environment so kids have real choice real real choice it starts with the control you have to be able to let go 
And then how do we do the same thing for the caregivers? Well, one would argue that you're not going to be able to bring your children any further than you've taken yourself. So the work always starts with the adult. Now, I would argue that the work could be happening in tandem. You could be working on what you're doing in the environment and your own self at the same time. But if you have not yet decided or realized that you have to do work, it is going to be impossible to facilitate that kind of choice making in, in the environment. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so let's look at a center setting, for example. How, what, are there steps a curriculum director or program director can take to help empower their, their staff with choice making? Are there individual suggestions we can come up with that, that would help people down this road? Well, I'm thinking in my head, I'm looking at that beautiful ivy that's on the side of your house. Um, my professor at school, Deb Lawrence, does actually a fantastic workshop where she talks a lot about this, and it was reinforced. I mean, I've had four things in the last, like, six weeks that have all come back to this. It's just make my brain, like, explode. She actually goes so far as to and I and I agree with her, but I'm going to add something to it. She says that the minute the teacher has touched it, it is no longer child choice. And it's true. Yeah. And they will be done within five minutes. If I've even, learned that. Even if way. I've set out Play-Doh in the most child-centered fashion, four big, huge piles of Play-Doh, four everything, the invitate, the provocation, it's all there. Come play with the Play-Doh. But unless you have children who really believe that the choice-making is something they're able to do, they're going to either ignore the Play-Doh because they don't want to do it, or they're going to go find something else to do. But the child who really believes and trusts that choice making is something that's invited here will scoop that Play-Doh up, put it back in the bag, put it on the shelf, and will then self-initiate something to the table. I believe in what she says 100%. What I know also, though, is that everybody is at different points in that... The spectrum. On that spectrum, on that continuum, definitely. So... I might need to start with having one table that is set up with a provocation so that children can start to see and trust and believe that they do have that choice. But I think that if, if, if you have children who've been in I do it for you all the time environments and all of a sudden they kind of are plopped and transported into this choice making child centered environment, th they're going to be the ones wandering around the room. So you kind of have to meet them where they are. But then and that's the point a lot of people the, give up and they go back. Exactly. led. Because they say, nope, they won't do anything. They don't do anything You have to put a little it. bit out. So mm -hmm. what, what I've learned is that, okay, so on that, that four-top table where you might have originally put four big, huge piles of Play-Doh to invite four kids, put two. So there's still that blank space. So it's that baby-stepping. It's that acknowledging where you are, realizing that you want to kind of keep growing. How can we own where you are but then move to where the kids six months from now could walk into the space and everything is available either in the cupboard or on the shelves, but they touch it. They're the ones that walk in and say, I want baking soda and vinegar on this table today, or I want, I want clean mud in the sensory tub. I want dirt in the sensory tub today. And then the teacher then moves on that and then facilitates from that point. And so that pretty much throws the whole idea of lesson planning out, out the, the window. window. And this is a, this is a model that, that, People, I mean, in, in a lot of early learning uh, training programs, whether it's college level or, it's either, it, I mean, it's all about the lesson planning and you write out your lesson plans and, and blah, blah, blah. But it is, it, it just from the very beginning Wind there, attack, wind attack. From the very beginning <laughs> Where's there. Where's that lady? It steals. <laughs> Where are those chairs? 
it steals the ownership of the play from the ownership of the situation from the kids. In our program, uh, oh, there she is. We got girl, <laughs> girl, fix that oh, for Tasha. us. Tasha, Tasha, Tasha. Um, in our program, they uh, they show up, and we got we got stuff, and we got other stuff in other places because there's not enough room in the room where the stuff is for all the stuff, and and pretty much for for stuff that stores the stuff from they they. It becomes a I need this, and and play starts on a on a Monday morning, and they they play until they're, they're hungry, done. and then they eat, and then they play some more until they're sleepy, and if they're sleepy, they fall asleep or don't, and they move on to the next thing, and 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 so I can't remember the last time I even attempted to initiate things, anything other than maybe saying, hey, I got to run to the hardware store. Do you want to go with me? That kind of stuff. But then there's that choice there too no i'm busy and we've we've had those moments i've, I've been hey i i, I you guys want to go outside no mm -hmm. and so i have to go outside and play by myself which is kind of weird but my neighbors look at me weird anyway so <laughs> and and so it's a hard place to get to and i i think for caregivers the big thing is is the fear and it's also the clutter because they worry about what if i make the wrong choice well, that's not only or the fear, what's, but a lot of places they have to yeah, plan. Yeah, what, what if somebody walks in? And I'm in? like, plan, but don't have the, to be the, married to your plan. The, the thing that I've started using, and I've, I've actually, I can't say started because it's probably been for the last two years, the language that I use. Because the, I, I have a healthy, I think, and please, for, by all means, smack me down if I'm off base here. Be ready. <laughs> Smacker. Smack. Oh, here uh, comes Sasha. Okay. She's right. Ah! Is that, although I feel that I am on continually growing towards that 100% total emergent spot. The reality is, is that even if people's dispositions want them, they, they want to be like that, they might, to your point, be in an environment that doesn't necessarily allow them to embrace that as wholeheartedly as their gut or their soul wants to do. So the, the meaning halfway has been the, the language I'm using has been to, to be ready for the bones of the day. So what's, what are you ready to be able to facilitate in this center or that center or this center or that center? There's nothing wrong, I think, with being ready for the day, but that flexibility, and I think I've said it 99 times, of being willing and able to make that midstream adjustment, to totally like dump what's not working to move on to what is working, even if, it pushes, you out, uh, if it pushes you out of your comfort zone to be able to say, wow, you guys are really into this. I don't have anything here. Miss Lisa's going to make a note. Miss Lisa's going to go to the library and to Target this afternoon, and we're going to figure something out for tomorrow. And, and I, I don't know, you, I, I, you have to find that compromise without compromising if that resonates with anybody sitting around the table right now but it's like I'm, I'm acknowledging that right now potentially in order to have to keep my job I might have to do this but how am I going to do this in the most 100% developmentally appropriate child-centered play-based choice-based possible way yeah and and I think there's a lot of people out there doing that I've met some caregivers that are exquisitely gifted and sneaking around <laughs> the system and doing what they know is right for kids in a system that may not be geared towards doing what's right for kids. And, and amen to you. And it's a subversive yeah, act. Absolutely. And I, I think we are all 100% in favor Vigilantes. of that one. Yeah, vigilante. Outlaws, like my shirt. Yeah. How to be an outlaw. Yeah, oh, yeah. early learning outlaws. Ooh, that'd be a Dude, I already got the band. shirt. 
Oh no, now we're back to the bands. What yeah. was the other one? The Not like chipping the, crickets. The, the tripping tri- 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 crickets. Tripping crickets. Please see previous episode. Uh, tripping crickets. And so oh, tripping crickets. And so this whole choice thing. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to toss that out there. And and for those of you listening, in case you care, they did not know where I was going with that. But I, I'm not even making that up or exaggerating. I have not been able to get that out of my head since the Kinder Chat folks t- tossed that so in front of me. So you're struggling with whether choice? Not, I'm not struggling at all. I think it's a, it's a paradigm shift. You know, we're, we're saying play, play, protect, play. But really, if Are you, we protecting choice, if you dig deep and dissect then. it, I actually think we might be more protectors protecting of choice. choice. And when see. we protect that element of true choice making, the Legal end play. product is what we here at the table right now are calling play. Well, this goes back to something we talked about in a previous episode. We were talking about being human as opposed to being a robot. And we, we, we create these systems where we want kids and we want caregivers to be robots it's easier to manage robots because robots robots have a have their their they have a a one or a zero is pretty much their choice um and so it's easy to program them and and keep control of them when you give humans choice all kinds of stuff can go on but like you said when there are providers who don't have choice i mean i know states who have a 500 page choice 500 page manual of regulations to break the rules well exactly but some but there's still choice. I know someone who has a beautiful, perfectly grand backyard, but it's not fenced. She's got littles that are right there by her, with her, and for her not to be able to make that. So they don't go outside unless she they can go to a park. to not go outside. And it, it's sad because it's I, like just, I, I, just I get go where you're outside. going, but I'm still going to push it because there yeah. is still a choice that you're choosing to not go outside. It's a but hard, she's hard frozen. Choice. She's it's almost hard frozen by regulations, and she's choosing to, to not be, get choosing, a fence. Choosing to be frozen. Yeah. Well, but then there's financial. I mean, there's. I get that. But there's, there's, uh, th- th- that, that's hard choices. Yeah. We, uh, I, I've talked about this before. We, we years ago, we made the choice to, to abandon the meal program. I think I mentioned in another episode, just because it, we didn't want to deal with the hoops that it came with. Uh-huh. And so we said, hey, this is, we'll, we'll I find. Don't want a, your money that bad. We'll find a way to mm-hmm. make up the income, and we'll do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, we've chosen not to be involved in the Iowa QRS program uh-huh. because it is, it's BS. I chose I to not to be accredited. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I, and and I make so that same choice too. And people are shocked because that's the first thing they wanted. They wanted to say, "Oh, I don't know, I'm a five star, or whatever." And and I, I uh, what do you say, Lisa, to those people? You know, because I I, I just Here's I want to say, say and that I wrote an article. I, about I always that tell too. them, "Well, I'm a five heart <laughs> program because everything that I do in my program is right." Choosing in my heart. to this was my soundbite for a long time. I haven't really said and it. This in is a whole other topic we have, but it coming. is a whole other topic. But choosing to not and you'll, so that means you'll probably hear it again. <laughs> Choosing to not be accredited is very different than not getting accredited. Mm-hmm. And, and and I was accused, not accused, that's a harsh word, but, oh, it's semantics. Oh, that's just verbiage. And, well, no, actually, it wasn't. It was a choice to not do that. Now, when we get to that, and I'll save the elaboration for it when we record that episode, but I've evolved a little bit in my, like, <laughs> of it. And, and that is directly related with all the love in my heart with, my actual observation of some of the programs that are out there. We'll have to get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, Yeah. we've got that on the list. I'd love to hear. And so we got a couple more minutes. I think the choice thing, it it goes, it all goes to mindfulness. 
And with the burnout stuff I do with caregivers, one of the big things that prevents them from being mindful and making the hard choices is the, the clutter. Because there, there are so many people, we, we are constantly worrying about tomorrow and fretting about yesterday and our heads are bouncing back from, I got to do this and I got to be responsible for that and the other thing. And we have a very, very few moments of actual clarity mm. where, where we can find stillness and actually make thoughtful choices. And so one of the big things we can do is, is make time to take care of ourselves better, meet our own needs, and so that we can tune in and find those moments of stillness so we can actually do some thinking about these about these hard choices. You said uh, uh, when you showed up yesterday, you were talking about you've, you've done some yoga classes. And after that, when you're just, you're totally exhausted and you're dripping in sweat and you've got that, that stillness. It was, and, and those those are good places to be, but not enough of us get to have enough of those moments. And so, for us as professionals, we need to take care of our own stuff. Is that an episode? Have we done that already? Stuff, didn't we? That, do one? No, but the idea of the idea of that we are in such a giving profession, and at some point, if you are not cognizant and mindful of refilling that, you're giving all day long. You have to consciously fill yourself mm-hmm. back up. You cannot rely on something or someone else to do that for you. Yeah. So if you do not do that, at some point, you're going to be empty. Yeah. You're going to be below empty. The way I've been framing it for the last couple of years is that we are, we are the, the work we do is first emotional labor. And, and that can be very draining because you are, it, it's all the, the intuition and the empathy going on. And, and so we are emotional charging stations for these little people mm-hmm. that we work with. And if we don't keep ourselves charged up, we have nothing left to give to them. Yeah. And so we've got to consistently on a daily basis make time for our own needs to keep ourselves in the right place. Otherwise, we're, we're drained. And have we done and, a pod on how how people do that, how we, the three of us, do that? Well, I think we've touched think on we a little did, bit. We, a little. But, but, but I think it's, Maybe something, that's a shock. it's uh-huh. something that people are oh. constantly dealing with. Uh, we've had a tragedy. Oh, my gosh. We've had a cave-in on the Get set. Tasha! Oh, the set oh, oh, You know what? Uh, wee, I'm, wee, I'm I'm choosing that it's uh, time to wrap up this episode. <laughs> we have to save Tasha, save the girl, <laughs> save the girl. The girl. Well, that's a song, isn't it? Um, save. Hey, the girl. we're wrapping no, it's up. Kiss the girl. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Oh, now I, we're back to Ariel. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, we hope you choose to listen to the next episode la, of the Child la, Care la, Bar la, and la, Grill. This has been uh, this has been Jeff Johnson with Danita Dinger and Lisa Murphy. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. See ya later. Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio Production. Oh.